Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Multi21 podcast. It's been a long time coming and we're excited to finally be here. I'm Seven, I'm joined today by Josh, Daniel, Connor and James. And um, I think a good place to start, lads, would be Lawrence Stroll's comments this afternoon. Um, woke up this morning to a tweet saying Lawrence Stroll wants to buy Lewis Hamilton come 2020. He said it'd be going to be quite realistic for Aston Martin to perhaps take over Lewis's contract in the season. Obviously, Daniel is a massive Lewis fan here. What do you think of this? I think this is absolutely bullshit. I'm just going to say, say it straight up. Why would Hamilton want to go backwards on the grid? Let's just, this is a guy who's won a race in every single season he's competed in. He's going to, look, I'll might as well just repeat, he's going to leave at the end of this season. Okay, he's going to leave eight titles as the go. 100 wins, 100 poles. Over. That's all I have to say. On to my lads. Yeah, anyone else got any thoughts on that? Connor? I think it's interesting how Lawrence Stroll has come out with this because he's only just signed Vettel to that seat, albeit um, I'm not sure how long the contract is. If someone can... I think it's two years? It's a one-year. It's a one-year. Is it a one-year? Ah, yeah. okay. But... I don't think he would chop and change for Hamilton and replace Vettel, especially if Vettel performs this year. There's, let's be honest, there's no way that um, Stroll was going to leave that seat. If Lance is in that seat, it de- definitely means that Lawrence is has some control in the running of the team. There's no other way that he keeps that seat. So I don't understand why they would come out and say we'd be interested in Hamilton especially before the season starts, because I don't think that would um, bring good attention to the team. Yeah, Josh? Like Dan said, it just seems a load of nonsense, really, because, like, he's all... Aston Martin, they've already signed Vettel recently for this season, and there's no chance Stroll will leave anytime soon. So, for him him to... If Hamilton was to go there, you'd think that Vettel would be gone, and for him to go after one season would just seem a bit unrealistic. So it doesn't seem very likely to me. Yeah, um, I think it'd be quite interesting to see. Imagine Sebastian and Lewis in the same team after all those years of being rivals. Imagine if, you know, you don't really see Lawrence up in his own Sunday in Lance, but imagine Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton in the same team. You know, stranger things have happened, but I really don't see it. Um, James, what do you think about that? Um, I think it's a weird situation because, as they said about Vettel and him only having a one-year deal, then you could obviously... It's going to be for Vettel if Lewis is going to sign for Aston Martin because, I said, he's not he's not going to drop his own son. Yeah. But in a sense, I think, it, again, what Daniel said is, would he really want to take a back step in his career or would he just retire with the legacy he's got of eight world championships and live with that rather than having maybe a... Obviously, he won't win the title at Aston Martin. The car isn't quick enough. So I, I just think it would make more sense for him to retire or stay at Mercedes because I think he wants to keep that legacy of just constantly winning throughout his entire career rather than sit in the midfield in Aston Martin. So we're going to be doing our predictions later on in the podcast. Um, and you know, there might be a mention of Hamilton then. But... Do you do you see Lewis staying on another year after this one? And if so, do you think Aston Martin will be the most likely team for him to go to out of any? Or do you think it's going to be a eight-time world champion and he'll lose at the end of 2021? If anyone has any thoughts on that. 
Um, it's an interesting one because I think for Lewis to retire this season would make sense if he wins the World Championship because he'd have the eight World Championships. He'd be the out-and-out best F1 driver statistically in the history yeah. of the sport. But in a sense, also, would he want more and go for a ninth or tenth and just keep going until eventually he just gets burned out? I don't know. But I also think Toto also wants to bring up the likes of Esteban Ocon and George Russell into that yes. Mercedes car. And you can't keep Lewis in there forever. And I think the quicker they let him go, the easier it will be to bring in Ocon and Russell and develop them quicker so they can be both potentially world champions in the future. Yeah, I understand. Um, don't know any thoughts? For me... Look, this has just always been with me. He always, I think he was always going to leave after eight titles because you say, would he go for the ninth and tenth? How much abuse is he going to get if he stays? I'm going to be honest. People don't like the guy anymore. He's too boring. He cares about the environment, all of this. There's so much criticism of him because he wants to stay on, because he wants to achieve. And I just think he's got extreme ENA, hasn't he? So he'll go there. I think he'll, you know, control his own, own team. He'll do all of that. I think, you know, he even spoke about when he had the big COVID break, he had so much break in 2020. And he, let's be real, he kind of enjoyed it. So I do think he will go with eight titles. If he doesn't win the title this year, then RIP F1, he will stay on and he will go for 10 titles. So it's kind of like, look, let me win and leave. That's what I think. Connor? I, I just want to say, I don't think it is bad to care about the environment. I I know maybe that was the point that Dan was trying to make, but um, it's definitely a good thing to see him care about something that isn't as in, that is as important as that, especially in a in a sport where maybe that isn't the first thing that people think about. Um, but on the point that you're going to make about if he leaves at the end of this year, I'm going to say that I don't think he does. I mean, this year is the last is allegedly the last year of the current regulations, you look at 2022, the regulations are going to completely change. You can get new cars, a new style of racing. You're potentially looking at two teams being added onto the grid. Um, I genuinely think he stays on. I don't understand why he would say, nah, fuck it, I'm going to leave the year before he has his massive break in the new re regulations. As well as that, Racing for Aston Martin, I don't think that'll be a step down. I mean, we've all seen how well Racing Point have raced this um, this past season, even though people still say it's a pink Mercedes, which mm. technically it is, but that's beside the point. They're a team growing and getting better and better. Now they got funding from Aston Martin. I'd say they will be challenging Red Bull for that third place. Well, if Ferrari pick up their... If, if Ferrari decide to compete this year, they'll be definitely be up at the top challenging because they have serious potential if it goes right. And I think Hamilton and that team would be quite amazing. But again, we'll have to wait and see. Josh? I think this will be Hamilton's last season. I think he'll win the title, get number eight, uh, overtake Schumacher. And I think it's, it's, it's a really the perfect way for him to go out being when the most titles won. Although, whilst the move to Aston Martin would 
be pretty good, I'd say. It would be pretty interesting for viewers to watch. I, I just can't see it. I think he'll want to bow on a high um, with title number eight. Yeah, I mean, that's a good place to leave that conversation. So also going on in the world of F1, it's also, you know, the kind of time where we get to see what like liveries um different teams we're driving this year, their cars. Um, so we've had four cars shown to us so far. That's McLaren, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tori and the Red Bull. Um, I'm going to start with the McLaren one. Um, they got this whole half an hour slot on Sky for their car, right? And I feel like people hyping up to be a bit too much. And we've seen reactions from McLaren fans who obviously took it a bit too far and they were not happy about the car looking similar to last year's. Um, I'm not really too sure what they're expecting, to be honest. And they, they show all this Daniel and Lando doing drumming and it was like a music lesson. And I feel like people were maybe building up to be a bit more than it was. And when they saw the car, it looked like last year's. It was a bit of a letdown for them. But I'm just wondering what you guys are thinking about that, to be honest. Um, James? I mean, yeah, as a McLaren fan, I think people set the expectation for change too high. I think, obviously, you know, it's not the most entertaining thing to see that, you know, it's the same car. Or very similar, anyway. But at the same time, it was a very nice livery to begin with. And I think with how much it was loved last year and the success that McLaren had in the same livery, I just don't see what the need for change personally was that other McLarens have seen, other McLaren fans have seen that they needed a massive change, completely change it. I know people were calling for the Vodafone whole, like uh, silver design to come back. But I don't, I personally, I think the car looks brilliant again. And I think there wasn't really much need to change anything this year. I think the whole, the whole, they want to kind of make a legacy with this orange, I think, this orange and blue. And, you know, there's a lot of excitement around McLaren this year. The car looks nice. Yes, it's a bit similar to last year's, but it just doesn't really matter though, does it? Connor? I mean, you look at it, and yes, it's basically the exact same. But like others were saying, what were you going to expect? Like I said in my last point about Hamilton, this is the last year of the current regulations. You can look at a lot of teams this year. I mean, we've already seen, and I know we'll get onto it with the other cars that have already had their liveries being released. Nothing much is changing. You're looking at a pre no, a post-COVID environment where we're going to be racing this year. It's a very, very different time to what it was two years ago where um, you could change a lot of stuff around. Right now, I can imagine that they wouldn't have had much time to change a lot of things, especially with, in the environment that we're living in right now. So I don't see why people are massively expecting all these changes. In regards to like the music stuff, um, it was weird like i didn't expect anything like that to come up in a f1 car reveal but it was quite nice to see their like how they bonded off the track um and away from the amazing netflix series and um i don't know i think it's gonna be a, a good year for mclaren and i think that like seb said they really are trying to make a legacy in that car with with those colors so yeah, I don't see why people can complain. But then again, we live in a world where social media is king. They'll find anything to complain about. Yeah, we'll come back to that um, Lando and Daniel point. But just, Josh, did you have anything else to add to that? 
Yeah, I was pretty much just wanted to say what has been said. I've, the car, whilst it's the same, I don't think it's people that are overreacting a bit over it being the same because I think they're, they're, like people have said, their expectations have been far too high considering the environment, the current environment that we're living in. I, I don't even think it's that bad if I'm being honest. And as for the launch, I think it, it was a bit over driving a little bit. I think it did drag on a bit as well. But hey, that's what can you do complain about it? I don't think it was overly that bad a launch to be honest. Yeah, um, another interesting thing that came about that launch was, you know, the, everyone was kind of expecting this lander and Donald dynamics to be a bit of a, just, you know, the, the two memes on the grid, as they're called, they're meant to be a laugh, and people were excited that they weren't really bubbly with each other. They were, they were just assuming there was tension between them. Now, I, I just think that maybe, um, maybe then there are two new people around each other. Yes, they know of each other. But they've never really been close, like Lando Carlos have been, for example. And I feel like everyone's just expecting them to just hit it off right off the bat. But I didn't really. I've gone on Twitter, I've gone on TikTok and stuff like that, and they've all been saying, "Oh, there seems to be a lot of tension between Dan and Lando," and I just don't really see it. But I'm not sure what you guys think about that. Yeah, James. Yeah, I mean, it was in one of my hot takes, which we'll talk about later, but. The interview did seem very awkward between the two. I don't know if it was a pressure thing of just the environment and, you know, a pre-COVID environment where they haven't really seen many other people apart from the people they've been in quarantine with. And I think maybe it was a part of that and just whole new surroundings. But I think what I said was both of them seem like they think they're the first driver. I think Lando's bringing across the point that he's been there for longer He's been part of the project is pretty much his entire Formula One career. And he believes that he knows how to get the best out of the car being there for longer. But then also Daniel comes across with the experience of winning races, po- consistent podiums for Red Bull and even Renault he got to last season. So I think there could be clashes in the dynamic where people thought it would be perfect and, you know, it would be all fun and games. But I think there's potential there that it could they could clash with personalities, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I was talking on the bus with my friend about it, and he said, you know, opposites kind of opposites attract, and these two are definitely not opposites; they're very similar to each other. Um, but Danny, what did you think of the the McLaren car reveal? I, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. With car reveals, like it's just, it's just the way the car looks. Like I, it's like what you were saying. They're trying to bring, trying to make the orange iconic. And everything, and just very quickly, Connor, I wasn't. I'm saying that Hamilton shouldn't care about the environment. I was just saying people cuss him for that. But um, just onto onto the Lando uh, Daniel um, dynamic. Look, this rumor that they're going to be competing against each other, it, it, I I don't believe it. Ricardo's going to be the number one. Okay, I think Lando even knows this guy's won a race in sixth gear. He is elite. Okay, he should be at the top, one of the top teams. He would get into Mercedes. So I think is Ricardo going to wipe the floor with him? No, but he's going to be it, and you know, easy, easily. I think he he's going to be the first driver, and you'll be him. There won't be any tension. I think that they're going to be laughing a lot. We're going to see lo- lots of memes, as you said, and yeah, Ricardo's going to be him, and that's going to be that. I don't think it's going to be like some big bust up, if that makes sense. So yeah, on yeah, to, yeah, that's, on to yeah. you. Um, um, I think. Also, another thing that came out of the... Oh, Connor, anything you want to say? 
I was going to say as well, um, like when you talked about they seem to have tension on the thing and like how you're saying that they don't know each other very well. You look at the way that they've both acted um, between each other whilst on the grid, like when you look at them on a notebook and when you look at them in the interviews they do for Sky and stuff like that, they seem to know each other well. They seem to they seem to, to get along well. I mean, we all remember that iconic press conference at the British Grand Prix where Lando just couldn't stop laughing, which was incredible. But um, I think you have to have to look at that first like reveal with them two together with a pinch of salt. They're going to be teammates. There's going to be some sort of tension there. We've seen it in the past with many drivers. Like you look at the Perez Ocon instance in the past. No matter what your relationship with with a driver is, there's going to be tension. And I think with the presentation, yes, it they did look like they weren't enjoying being in each other's space. That's going to be like what you guys said one of the first times that they've seen each other in ages is it's just people again overreacting i think they'll be fine um i think they'll really get along this year they'll do some great content together um and the the mclaren unboxed series on youtube is going to be so much funnier well it already is yeah it's already brilliant with carlos but i mean like everyone has been saying for the last two years Orlando Ricciardo dream team is what Formula One would love and now we have it and now I think everyone's yeah. excited to see what happens yeah I remember people saying imagine Lando had done the same team and it happened midway through last year um let's move on to some of the other the other three cars which have been announced so far um we have the Alfa Romeo car which is my personal favorite that's been announced so far I know we're all quite big fans of that here um, what I found weird about that launch, right, and maybe I'm thinking too much into this, I just want to ask this question. At none of the other launches, as far as I'm aware so far, has the reserve driver been so prominent as Robert Kubitz has been at Alfa Romeo? Am I reading too much into this, or is it just totally normal that Kubitz, he seems to be at everything so far with Kimi and Antonio? Does anyone have any thoughts on that? I'd- I would say, Seb, you're looking... Uh, sorry, Connor, um, just very quickly. I think you're looking too much into it. It's just Kim... Uh, Kibitz is just going to be an FP1 driver. He's available. They just wanted to put him there. He's a likeable guy. That's it. You're looking too much into it, in my opinion. On to yeah, Connor. you got to remember that Robert Kibitz uh, is in the same way that Sergio Perez is. He's massively bankrolled by the country, by his home country, in Poland, he uh, when Kubica goes somewhere, you're going to get the sponsors with them. And I'm 95% sure I'm right in saying this, but the Alfa Romeo team's main sponsor is Orlen, and that is a predominantly Polish thing. For example, yeah. why is Alfa Romeo um, an Italian brand revealing their car in Warsaw? Robert yeah. Kubica has a massive, massive influence in that team. And um, I, st- I still think that he, sh- he should get another chance. I think he was unlucky at Williams and stuff like that, but that's beside the point. Um, I don't think, I think, like Dan said, he'll stay as a second driver this year, but I don't, I've, again, I think it's just people overlooking it. Overlooking it. Yeah. Um, 
Also, we've got the Alpha Tori and the Red Bull cars. They both come out this week. The Red Bull, obviously, we're not expecting too much change there. Um, very similar. They've got, the, I think it's called the 16B. Very similar to last year's car. Um, the Alpha Tori one, I really like. Um, I'm not sure what you guys think about it, but I really like the Alpha Tori one. And I think Yuki and Pierre are going to be a really good team matchup this year. The two of them. Yeah, James. Yeah, I agree with the Yuki and Gasly comment, I think that it's going to be a pretty good partnership because we could obviously see Sonoda's raw talent through F2 last year. You know, he did come third, but in the sense of Eilat and Schumacher, I think Sonoda just got unlucky at the start because if you look at the first last few races, Sonoda seems to be the quickest car on the track by a long way. Mm. And I think that he will be top, I think top 14, 13 drivers this season. It could be unpopular to think that, but I really think he's going to have the pace this year. And I also think AlphaTauri are going to be considerably quicker than last year. And Connor, do you, do you think Kvyat was unlucky to lose the seat to Sonoda? Or do you think it was the right decision for the for the team? Um, I mean, like, as you guys know, I do like Kvyat. I think he, again, I think he's been a bit unlucky. I think he's, he was definitely unlucky at Red Bull. He just, it was just way too early for him. Um, Yuki Tsunoda definitely deserves the seat. The problem with the whole AlphaTauri Red Bull system, the Red Bull driver, what was it? The Red Bull driver, um, young driver. Academy, program. yeah. Yeah, what, whatever it's called. Yeah. The problem with that is that you've got so much talent coming through. You've got, well, you've got the likes of Yuri Vips, you've got um, Jevan Daravula, you've got yeah. Liam Lawson yeah. coming through. They're all going to be in F3 next year. They are all brilliant talents already. Yuki Tsunoda is a brilliant talent. And as much as I I think F1 will miss the antics of Daniel Kvyat, um, I think it was the right decision. Um, Yuki looked absolutely brilliant in the races that I watched last year in F2, especially towards the end, like James said. Um, and I think it's going to be really interesting. I think a lot he's going to really give Pierre a one for his money. It's going to really test how Pierre copes with that. Um, because I think with last year, Pierre's superb performances for AlphaTauri haven't gone unnoticed. There's always been the talks of potentially him going to Alpine in 2022 to link up with his um, best friend, Esteban Ocon, um, yeah. which... Which that would be a phenomenal combination if that ever happens, solely for the hatred they have for each other. Um, but that's the problem with the Red Bull Academy. You're gonna see unpopular dis- decisions. I mean, I'm sure later when we'll get to talk about Sergio Perez replacing Alexander Albon in the main seat. Um, yeah, that's on the agenda. But it's, it's it had to happen. Kvyat. I'd I'd hope if um, the grid gets more teams involved, like they are planning to, I think, in 22, that Kvyat is in running for one of those seats, because I still think that he has a lot to prove. I mean, everyone remembers that brilliant race in Imola where he completely outperformed any, any um, opinion that people had on him and put in a brilliant race. He's still a capable driver, and yeah, I genuinely just think um, F1's going to miss him. Yeah, no, that's the, that's the nature of the game, is that there's, 20, there's only 20 seats, 10 teams, and a lot of it's also very political to get the seats. There's been a few drivers, we all know that. But Daniel, what do you think about that? 
I think, like on the um, on the matter of Sonoda, I think he's a great driver, and I do think you have a good season. I think Gasly will beat him, and I'm gonna. I don't know if this is a hot take or, or I'd say it for later, but I think Gasly will leave at the end of the season. I think he will leave because of you know my opinion on 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 Perez, which um, about him him doing very well, and I think like the Red Bull Driver Academy has kind of fucked it itself because. I think is it for the first time they've got a driver who wasn't in the academy and they put him in a you know Red Bull or Toros yeah. seat. Do you correct me? Yeah, and I think so, yeah. did did Kvyat deserve to lose his seat? Yes, because he was underperforming and Gasly won a race and Kvyat well didn't and and that's it's it's hard, it's a harsh reality of F1 and yeah it's like it's like a famous phrase too too many drivers too little seats. And I think we need to have a 24, you know, 24 driver grid. I think that needs to happen, like in 2010 to 2012. And yeah, there's so much talent being wasted nowadays. It's sad. Sorry, to, sorry to just butt in, but I think um, I want to argue what you just said because I don't think Kvyat underperformed. I think Gasly over overperformed. Because let's be let's be real. If it wasn't for what happened early in the race with Magnussen at Monza, there is no way that Gasly wins that race. And I, I know, but... I know, I know. I, do, no, I, just, I don't want to put... No, I know, but obviously I don't want to be biased towards Hamilton. You know my opinion yeah. of that race. So, no, yeah, let's just leave it there. It's true, um, but I think it really does say a lot about Gasly's talents, how he managed to outperform any expectations anyone had on him. And I think that's that's left Kabir in the mud. I mean, I think he was really unlucky because when you have a driver performing at that standard, then of course the pressure is going to be on you to perform to those standards, even if you are never going to reach those standards. So yeah, it is what it is. 100%. I, uh, I think Sonoda's a a great driver. I think he deserves the the, the seat at Alphatari. I think Kvyat uh, needed needed replacing for a while because he's underperformed for a while. Apart from that podium he got at Hockenheim, I think in 2019, I think it was. He's not uh, pre- shown um, why he should deserve the seat. I think Sonoda's a perfect replacement for him, and I think they'll get on well together. I think Gasly will be a great mentor for him because he's obviously got the experience of winning the race last year and he performed brilliantly ever since he got uh, the demotion, if you will, maybe. I'm not sure if that's the right word from Red Bull, but yeah, I think I could see them both having a good season together. Also, I know you're talking about the whole um, lack of seats problem in the sport, and obviously it is a big problem nowadays. And I think another driver, it's probably a bit biased because he is one of my favourite drivers, but I think Callum Eilat should have been sat and should be sat in an F1 car in 2021. I feel like it's really unfair how he has not got a seat because he's shown his talent really well. He only just lost out to Schumacher for the whole thing in the final race in Sakia and Bahrain. So I think Callum deserved a seat this season, maybe at Alfa Romeo over Kimi or Bowser than Kimi. It's a very influential role in Alfa Romeo bringing the experience that he does. But I also think he's not going to be around for much longer. So maybe Callum could step in for that team. But I think he deserves a seat at least next year, definitely. 
Yeah, um, I'm going to ask um, Daniel, what of the six cars that are left to be revealed are you most excited to see? I've, I've just got, I've got to be honest, it's probably a Mercedes, isn't it? Because of, because of Hamilton. But I don't really look, I'm going to be honest, I don't really look at how the cars look, it's how it performs. Looks don't get you, don't get you wins or titles. Do you, want it, do you want it to be black or silver? Do you want it to be black or to silver? Be, do you know what? Silver. And I know that's going to sound controversial because of what black represented, but it, they're called the silver arrows and they weren't once called the black arrows. Am I wrong? They were called the black arrows in 2020 or they were still called the silver so. arrows? Yeah, I think we should go back to the iconic silver. What that black represented was amazing and it was a movement that, you know, um, I should probably ask you a question, actually. Are we still doing the knee in 2021 in every race? Oh, God. Um, well, I, I, I didn't agree with the knee in Formula 1 from the start because as much as how important it was, the fact we only had 14 drivers doing it and then six people standing, I've, I've stressed my views many times in this. I think it just it didn't achieve the message it wanted it to achieve. I like the video, but having 14 drivers um, kneeling and six standing up, it just looked like there wasn't much unity among the drivers. And that I I think we just scrap it next year. I think we keep the video and just stick with the formalities of the national anthem. But what do you guys think yeah. of that? I agree with Seb. On to Connor. Connor? I mean, it's always going to throw con- controversies up. Because you look at certain countries where some drivers are from. I'm not going to mention any drivers' names. I'm not going to mention any countries and stuff like that just to um, stay neutral. But their beliefs in those countries, there are beliefs in those countries and there are beliefs that are different than what is believed here. I mean, you look at sometimes what, what can be said and what can be taken out of context. I mean... The internet, well, the F1 internet has exploded this week because of the alleged comment that Mick Schumacher made about um, being asked what he thinks about Hamilton's fight for um, racial equality and saying that I prefer not to speak. And everyone's now saying, oh, he is immediately a racist, where on the other hand, he might not want to put his personal opinions in the sport, which Again, I'm on the fence with I I don't I haven't heard enough to go lean one way or the other, but um as much as I am for taking knee, um I'm pro racial equality. I mean everyone is that's just, <laughs> everyone in this in this chat is anyway. Um I think it just caused too much controversy in F one. You're gonna get teams, you're gonna get drivers who have different backgrounds and may have a more political background than others who might say that it's not all right i mean i know i wouldn't say a country but you look at russia where they say taking the knee is a sign of what was it is taking the knee was a sign of being weak and giving up to um your enemy which again is is it's what they believe in. You can't argue that. Um, even if people say it's not right. And that's a significant reason why the likes of Kvyat didn't take the knee. I mean, 
in a perfect world, they would have all taken a knee, fighting alongside Lewis to, to get racial equality in the sport, to bring more BAME drivers into the sport. But I don't know. It's it's a it's such a, it's such a grey area um, where whatever you say you could go one way or the other, or the other with whatever audience you get. So yeah, yeah um, Mick, Schumer, Mick Schumacher did apologise for his comments eventually. Um, but what do you think, James, about all this? I think as as well as what Connor was saying, he obviously mentioned the whole certain countries are obviously against taking the knee and obviously certain countries will represent certain drivers and there was also a bit of controversy over again he didn't want to name countries but the new Saudi Arabian Grand Prix and the beliefs that are held in that country with and especially you know with certain rights for certain people people also question the integrity of the We Races One movement by racing in a country like that, does it kind of go against the whole movement? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it does. And But at the same time, it's, it's, it's a weird situation because I think that with taking the knee, it's a good gesture, but I don't think it should be a necessity for the every year in the near future. I think at some point it's got to stop. And I think, because, you know, we're not going to have it forever. Obviously, it's a great movement, but I think it's not going to be a necessity forever. I just think the national anthem and just play the videos you said would be a better necessity to have in the season. Yeah. Uh, I agree with what James said in a way. I think if you're going to have 14 R kneeling and just another six R kneeling, it doesn't, it doesn't seem right. Obviously, it's a great gesture. And everyone is against racism, obviously, goes without saying. But if that, if it should be scrapped, I think, because if it's, it's just not. There are other ways to combat racism, and like like people, uh, others on here have said, if you just just show the video, the anti-racism video, I think that's perfectly perfectly uh, fine to do it. But it is a grey area, like others have said. Yeah, um, we could talk about this all day, but um, I'm going to move on. So we've got we still got six car launches to go. We've got four days, five car releases. Starts with Alpine on the second, with Mercedes on the same day, and then it's Aston Martin on the third, Haas on the fourth, and then Williams on the fifth, and then five days later it's Ferrari on the tenth. But I will move the conversation along, and we're going into a subject which I know Connor feels quite strongly about, um, Mr. Williams' story. And if you're not familiar with Mr. Williams' story, um, he is the CEO slash owner slash whatever else he wants to call himself of um, Rich Energy, which is an energy drink. You won't see it on the shelves, but they sell it in other places. Um, I think so. He's he's Rich Energy in a Twitter account, and he's alluded that they're going to be making their way back into F1. The last time they were in F1, they effectively bankrupted Haas. They totally gave him the runaround. Um, didn't pay what they needed to pay. Um, to get their sponsor on the car, and then they end up backing out, which led into a a lot of lawsuits, a lot of everything. Um, I'm just going to throw it in there. Connor, what are your thoughts on William's story at the moment? Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, where do I start? Um, right. First of all, um, William, if you're listening to this, hi, um, you're a complete wanker. Um, sorry, I needed to get that out there. I just don't understand him as a person. I think he is 
one of the most disgraced people in recent F1 memory. How can you go and say you sponsor a team being this massive energy drinks company, which, by the way, I don't know if anyone here has ever seen in the, seen it in the wild, but I haven't. Um, you can't be a massive energy drinks pro producer if your drink isn't sold in stores. That's beside the point. The fact that he nearly killed a Formula One team is criminal and he should be nowhere near the sport again but it looks like he's allegedly i use massive quotation marks there he's allegedly cleaned up his act um he wants to get back into the sport which you know what? fair enough um if you want to do that don't fuck up another team um there's a lot of speculation with where he's gonna go um we all watched i imagine we all here watched the announcement videos that he put out saying that basically he's going to be back in F1, but he's not going to tell you which team yet, which, again, a complete waste of time, which kind of sums up William's story as a person. Yeah, about, it was just about four minutes of nonsense, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it, it was incredibly, it was incredibly ridiculous. Um, and there's a lot of chat around the community saying where he's going to go. We all thought Alfa Romeo, um, thank goodness, it wasn't Alfa Romeo, um, and as they signed a, a deal with a different drinks supplier, and that leaves only two cars, two teams left that he could go to. Um, one of them being Williams, which again is the more unlikely option because of the new deal signed with Dorian Capital. Um, but the other one is Haas, which would be some story and i'm gonna quote um an amazing youtuber here josh ravel um in what he said about the situation he said basically if you look at all um if you look at the suppliers that are left and this was before the alpha release um the most realistic one is going to be Hass because he's friends with um mr mazapin senior um, which I'm sure people in here have an opinion of as well. Um, and it seems closer and closer that Mazepin will, not Nikita, Nikita's father will buy the team a la Lawrence Stroll. Um, and Nikita and William are best friends, both sharing some incredibly pathetic fucking opinions. Um, so if there's any team that will that he'll sponsor again, it's and I cannot believe I'm saying this, it's gonna be Haas. And I cannot see any other team that would do that. And look, as much as it's just one team, it was one mistake in the past, they have really fucked up that reputation in Formula One. I mean, Haas, like I remember when they first started back four or five years ago now, and they had a rep a decent reputation it's slowly gone downhill i mean we all love gunter steiner we all we all we've all seen drive to survive we all like the character that is gunter steiner um and seeing grosjean and magnuson away from formula one as a whole is going to be it's going to be weird again like a lot like with kavir they're two people that have been so predominant in the sport over the last five years or so and just to see them gone off the grid is going to be something weird but 
again, sorry, sorry, I'm rambling on, but I've got a lot of points to make about this. Um, yeah. On a side note, seeing Grosjean back in a car is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but for Haas to then bring in a driver in Nikita Mazepin, who's barely proven anything, and who allegedly <laughs> allegedly touched people up illegally. Um, is interesting and more or less just kills the reputation of a company. You wouldn't see that in any other sport where, or in any other company where you'd employ someone like that. So I don't know. I mean, it yeah, seems we'll... it, it seems like that Hass and Story are perfect for each other. So that will we'll definitely get back onto um, Mick Schumacher's teammate shortly. But um, Daniel, what do you think about William's story and what the points kind of made? Fuck him because he's a he denies COVID. Like I think we have to look. look let's just not so on the fence. He's a dickhead. Like I think he went on a rant after Silverstone 2019, just because Hass were underperforming. I don't know. You know they were performing. You know to my expectation, to be honest. But look with him, he needs to shave. But enough on him. I think <laughs> look, enough one and though I think with look we look I think we all know why Hass have got Mazbin. Let's just be real here, okay? We all know why, okay? It's because of this fucking idiot story taking the money away from Hass. Guaranteed you'd have K Mag or Grosjean in the car if it weren't for that stupid decision story made. And you know what? Well done. You can go bum Nikita's down, I don't care. His son's a dickhead as well. But Anyway, uh, we move past that, okay? Nikita can do what he wants in his private life. Um, but do I think that story will come back? Yeah, and I think he'll go to Haas. Because, well, who else is that who Who else is that desperate? Williams are not. The other team is yeah. not. So, yeah, so he'll go there. And I think, yeah, so really anything to really, like, say. Uh, by the way, I just want to say I echo everybody's statements on the racism thing, so... Don't need to add anything onto that. And yeah, I think look, Hass are gonna be going down the shitter as you're going to find out in my predictions. But that is, you know, fuck story. That's all I have to say. And you know what? Pass to Josh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty much echoing everyone's thoughts who on uh on story. He's just a prick of a bloke, really, from his beliefs about COVID and being an anti-vaxxer, etc. But the, the, that just didn't get into involved. I mean, his energy drink as well, which seemingly is impossible to buy anywhere apart from on eBay or something would believe it across. But yeah, back I, I, um, his announcement videos from, from the other week does seem like it's looking likely that he will be back in F1 with Haas, which uh, it will be interesting. Let's just say that as to as to how it unfolds and the future of Haas, but. We'll just have to see what will happen next for Haas. Obviously, he pretty much almost destroyed him the last time he was in there, so it doesn't doesn't won't be um, a good thing. It doesn't look like it will be a good thing for them, but only time will tell whether what will happen. I just think with um, 
with the whole situation of Haas getting brought out by William Story the first time, I mean, I I don't understand why they'd go back to the same person. I like, I know, I, I know I've said a lot already about William Story being a massive dickhead, but um, but like that's like saying, oh, I'm gonna go back and go out with the ex that cheated on me five times. It's like you don't do that kind of thing. Has are have ruined their reputation in the sport it's sad to say because they were a decent um decent team before the story instance before all the incidents started coming along and it's a shame because there is potential there for an american-based team to be in a sport i mean we'll we'll look at formula one and the one the one country that isn't predominant in the sport which you think it would be is the United States and for an American F1 team to exist and to be this shit even though the brilliant resources they have over there in the States with others with their other sports it it's a shame and look if if story goes to Haas and it goes well then I hold my hands up and I say that I was wrong. He can decently run the team behind his Assassin's Assassin's Creed Valhalla style beard. But I really don't think it's going to end well. I think it's going to end in tears for Haas. And it's going to be such a shame because we don't we don't want to lose any teams like in the sport. It's a shame when teams like Mana left, when Caterham and the lesser lesser spotted HRT left, but you don't you don't want to see it happen because a lot of people's lives are affected by that. So you just want to see, even if it's a team you don't like, you want to see them do well. You want to see them succeed so they can still survive, and that's the important thing at the end of the day. Yeah, and Danny, any just, thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I just wanted to say to Connor, um, um, I. How are we blaming us? You say it's, you know, oh, why us doing this? It's because of William Stoney. They have no money. We know Maspin is literally there because of William Stoney. I don't know. If anyone's blaming us, I don't think you can. They have no money. They need Maspin. They need William Stoney to come back. I've never heard of Rich Energy, by the way. Has any of you ever heard of it? Never heard of it. Formula One, no. Yeah, so I just think we can't, you could say Hash's reputation, but what choice do they have? If someone said to me, your Maspin saves, saves your company, you have to take that. That doesn't mean you're a dickhead for taking him. You have to take him. For me, if Haas had to sell their soul to the devil to stay an F1 team, what option would you take? And that's for everybody. The reason why I, is because I think Haas is getting too much shit, in my opinion. I, I, when, I, when I say that Haas have ruined their reputation as a team, I don't mean with what's just happening right now. I mean... With the fiasco with story to begin with, like they would have had other choices, they would have had up other sponsorship opportunities. Why would you go for some unknown? Like, uh, like you said, uh, rich energy are now only known for from Formula One, they are only known as that company that nearly bankrupts a Formula One team, they are only known for having a bad Santa own them. I mean, you look at when what happened when it was um, when Sunderland were 
looking to get new ownership and they um and really story was close to buying the team everyone hated it solely because of the reputation he had from managing Haas Gene Gene Haas has I I don't know I mean Gene Haas in himself is a completely different entity there's not much known about what how he manages the team apart from what you see on the, the documentaries and stuff like that um he seems to be very on like he seems to be very on the line if that makes sense and he will say how it is you see in the documentary how he treats Gunter Steiner and stuff like that um but it's just a mess like Haas have really fucked it like as as a sports car company as big as they are based in the United States of America they surely would have had other options in the past and arguably right now in the present other than rich energy. The Mazepin thing is a completely, is a completely different conversation. We all know what what's going to happen with Mazepin. He's going to come into the team. He's going to be like what people thought of Sir Lance a lot um, when he first joined Formula One with Williams. Um, and the minute that Nikita's father buys... Gene Haas is controlling stakes in Haas, then it's going to be the Nikita Mazepin team, and that's it. Um, so they definitely have blood on their hands because that team can definitely have been run better. Gunter Steiner can only work with what he's got in front of him, and over the last three, three, four years that Haas have been in F1, he's had fuck all to work with, and that and Gene Haas has a lot of responsibility for that. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed that one, Lance. Um, we can easily talk about that all day. Um, but I had a question over social media today. I put it back. Anyone else has questions? And I really want to know your guys' thoughts. We've talked about it a few times over group chats or whatever. But the, there is a, there's a lot of buzz this year. There's a really good chance that we might be seeing sprint races for the first time in Formula 1. Um, they, the FIA are proposing it. They use the three races. I believe it's Canada, Brazil. And one more, I can't remember the other one. I think it's Monza. Um, so, w- do you guys like the idea of sprint races? Connor, Daniel, I'm I'm against I'm against it. I'm against sprint races. Am I'm, I'm, am I correct in saying sprint races are like? Is that the thing they do in F two? Is this to decide the grid or something? What it? Um, I think the best with. I just don't think we need it. If it's gonna like decide the grid, for me, good old fashioned qualifying is good. And this might this might be unpopular, but I like the format we have now. And the thing is, the problem the thing is people talk about a fairer sport. The only way to do a fair fair sport of F one is to do an F two type model. Okay, that's facts. The reason why they're not gonna do that is really Ferrari. Let's be real, Ferrari have a lot of influence behind the scenes. But Okay, I just think keep the current format. If look, we had some great racing in 2020. What did we have sprint races? No, that's my argument. Yes, that was Hamilton being gone. It'll be gone at the end of the year. Ham, give it 2022. I think F1 will be saved if Hamilton wins and he retires this year. But yeah, that's my opinion on it. I think um, I. I don't think sprint races would be a bad thing or reverse grids or whatever people want to call them. 
you looked at how brilliant the race was at Monza after what happened with um with with um Kevin Magnussen and then Mercedes fucking up the pit stop. Um and you looked after seeing Kimmy back in his heyday driving an Alfa Romeo finishing third um well not finishing third but attempting to finish third with that and you saw the brilliant fight between Gasly and the signs um I wouldn't be against it but I think it would be more like I think it it's more of a gimmick kind of thing um I don't know again I don't know if you guys watch American sports but you look over in America they got um they got all-star games and stuff like that I think that if you have like a sprint race or a reverse grid style race, it should be a la like a one a once a year like in a grid in a in a track that we barely ever use, and it shouldn't count as anything. It should be like a celebration of the sport, the celebration of the drivers' talents and stuff like that. I know a lot of teams would be against it because it's another race. It doesn't really count as anything. But I think it would be such a cool thing for something like that to come back to F1. Maybe um, for the weekend you can get some retro drivers back. You can get more cars on the grid. I think that would be a massive laugh. And um, in regards to like saying, oh, the sprint race is going to come in for Mexico, for Brazil. No, for Canada, Brazil and Monza. If they, If you are going to introduce those, if you're going to introduce those, types of um races then they are the three perfect tracks for that because they're i mean canada and canada is one of the most underrated tracks in the sport you look at it it's a fast-paced track you got some technical driving in the first and second court um second um sector and then the third sector is just that massive fuck off straight down the back it's the same as brazil in a certain way where it's one of the best circuits in the world um and then monza it's literally called a temple of speed so if you want sprint races they've already picked the three perfect tracks for that but wherever it wherever it comes in is a different thing i wouldn't mind it i can see both arguments as to why they may be a good thing or why why people may be against it I think, like people said, they're being introduced at um, uh, the three races. I think that could act as a tri- maybe a trial or a test to see how good they may work. And if they're a success and and uh, the drivers are may a fan of it, then I wouldn't be against them being introduced into future races. But uh, yeah, I can. It'd be interesting for to change up qualifying as well, maybe because I know you may have different pulses. And that ultimately may change the our race outcome. So, I could it would definitely be an interesting uh, outcome should they be introduced to F1. But then again, I can see why people may be against it, like Dan's like the points Dan made. So I think. I think <laughs> this, yeah, so I was just going to say to Connor about um, I like his idea about bringing like the retro drivers. That's a very good point. Just wanted to say I echo that. Like. Imagine, imagine in these modern cars. Like, of course, you can't get the likes of um, Damon Hill and Co from the nineties back in. Maybe Jack of Villeneuve can come back in a Haas and try to win another championship that he'll um, he'll complain about for the rest of his life. Um, 
But imagine the likes of like Nico Rosberg, um, Daniel Kvyat I've mentioned already. Like the drivers that have maybe left a bit too early coming back in the modern technology in, let's say, fuck it, let's say Donington or Brands Hatch or something like that. That would be brilliant. You look at Italy, you got Mugello, you got Imola, you got Monza. One of those three tracks would be perfect. You look at Spain, you got Jerez, you got um, Valencia. Maybe go go back to Argentina, go back to Kyle Army. There's a lot of options that could be had with this. Um, but anyway, so I think that will be the end for part one. We will be back and go again for part two, where we will talk about our hot takes for the season. I think we will have some very interesting takes and things that we can argue about. Welcome back. So we found a few connection issues all over the board, but since it will be sorted out now. So we're going to jump right back into it. And I've asked the lads who's joining me today to come up with three what I call hot takes, what they think is going to happen this season, um, which maybe other people won't think of, or maybe which might be seen as a bit controversial. Um, I want to start with Josh's. Josh, what, what are your three controversial hot takes for the season coming up? Right. Some of them are it's more of a mix of hot takes and more predictions. First one, I thought possible tension between Leclerc and Sainz at Ferrari. Uh, other one is that I think McLaren will definitely win a race this year. And finally, uh, I think we was discussed earlier on, but I think Mazepin is going to be dropped halfway through the season uh, at the uh, mid-summer break. And I think Pietro Fittipaldi will come in to replace him. Uh, just want to get your lads thoughts on that. Let's see if you agree with um, Yeah, they, they all seem um, relatively, you know, not not out of the ordinary. I'm just wondering, the, the, the one about Mitch Schumacher's teammate being dropped, I just think, just because, obviously, um, Nikita Senior is quite, he's got, he's a massive stakeholder in the house now. I I just don't see his son being dropped. It'd be the same as Lawrence Stroll dropping his son at um, Aston Martin. I just don't really see that happening. Um, yeah, I agree with that. But you, I, you saw that you saw his antics in F two with him. Uh, I can't remember who it was right under the podium when he. Uh, yeah, dropped. Yuki. Yeah, you know that if if that's something similar, if you obviously probably it's unlikely he'll be chasing podiums, but if. Yeah, if something similar does happen to that Ross in F1, I can't see uh, Haas bosses, even if, yes, he is obviously bringing a lot of sponsorship money, but I can't see people at Haas tolerating with him or putting up with his attitude, because it, it, let's be honest, his attitude fucking stinks. And he's just not a great human being at all. He's, just, he's a raw human being. Look at the stuff he's done. We all know about it. So, yes, I agree. I, can, I agree with your point that obviously does bring a lot of sponsorship excuse me, sponsorship money, so there is oh, there's a chance he may stay, but time will tell. Uh, yeah, Dan, why, Dan, what's yours? Um, my my three or your, my take on yours, um, on your one, I think with Mick, sorry, with um, Mick Schumacher's teammate, Masben, I think, do I think they'll drop him? No, because for me, in my opinion, I think Haas are the worst, but I'll get into that. Um, I think Haas are the worst, I think they'll finish 10th. I'm going to go for Alonso to flop and just get 14 on the count of one good race. And then my other one is, I think, um, Vettel will not smash strong. He will only just about be in. 
Those are my three thoughts. Gordon, any thoughts on Daniel's points? Yeah, so, uh, uh, like I said, like, like I said with, uh, in regards to Seb, yes, he's going to bring a lot of money, sponsor money, so I can see why people aren't going to want to drop him. So, but like I said, if he does, let's say, piss a lot of people off that has, then I, I can see them not wanting to part with him and just trying to let him go and bring in Tapaldi, who, who's obviously proven that he can do it, but it obviously will be a big step up, so time will tell. I think, I think, like, just on the, like, let's just get on to Haas. I feel they won't drop him because they are the worst car on the grid. And I think I said last year, I think Williams have improved so much. And I genuinely believe Grosjean and Magnussen obviously are better drivers than the TV. That's fair to say. That's no um, controversial. That's fair to say. I think their talent got them points, not the car. The car was terrible. And now, I think they will give the card to Mick Schumacher. I think Mick Schumacher will get 18th. That's fair to say. But Mazpin is going to get a shit car. But at the end of the day, he's paying. They're just going to make him do laps around. It's basically like, um, see Bordeaux, uh, um, Ferrari 2009. You know, they would, you know, they couldn't replace Mazpin. They just got some random person. So I don't think Mazpin will do well. I think that's fair to say. On Vettel, do I... I, don't, I think people don't look into how many points he got. 16 points is terrible. And I think people thinking he's just going to come in and just smash it all around. That Ferrari was a shitter, though. That Ferrari was a stinker <clears> of <throat> a car. Leclerc got two podiums. Okay, and honestly, should have got three if he didn't bottle it in Turkey. Let's be real, he bottled it in Turkey. And I, I think Vettel, for me, I, look, look at Vettel's hair as well. I think his hair is even a, a sign of he was losing. <laughs> We're trying, trying to laugh. No, that's not even. No, that's not actually a funny point. I'm being serious. Like, why is like he's he literally like it literally looks like right now, right? He's done. Okay, he looks like an old man. He's not washed up. I do think he's in the top twenty of on of, of drivers still. But do I think he? I think we'll sure out qualify him. Yes. Do I think he'll out racing? No, because Vettel, you know, he, he's proven he can race. So I think that's fair to say. And on Alonso, I want to get you guys, um, your guys' opinions on that. I think he's going to flop, and he'll get 14, and he'll beat Russell on the count of one race, which I think will be Spain. Can I just jump in a second about the car argument about saying Haas are the worst car on the grid? I think it's hard to judge on what car is good, considering we haven't even hit preseason testing yet. I think we need to wait till testing and see. Then we'll know what cars are quick and which cars are aren't. So then we can judge more on the fact of Mazepin, Schumacher, Latifi, Russell, because we'll know who's got the quicker car. Because right now we assume think, Haas is the worst car on the grid, but do we actually know? Not really. Here's the thing: um, these cars are similar to 2020. That they are. That, that is literally. Like, let's be honest: 2020 to 2021, there isn't really much change. It's not really going to be like um, Ferrari are going to become the third quickest. You know, McLaren are going to drop down. It's going to be kind of similar to 2020. And I said in 2020, it was it was basically Russell dragging Williams. Let's be real. If he didn't make that um, that crash under the safety car, Russell would have got four points for Williams. They finished ninth. I think I've I don't want to. I'm just going to say Williams. I think will finish eighth, but because of um, Russell. But I just think Haas are terrible. 
And I think they put themselves in this predicament um, of, you know, well, William Stoney did. So I think they're going to come last. I don't think there is anything. But I think Russell will drive Williams to ninth minimum. That's just my view. If you disagree, please say. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not. I'm going to lead on to a couple of points later with my predictions, so I won't mention much. Um, I'm not even going to get involved with Haas because I feel like I've said, I've said so much already that I'm scared that William William Story is going to send men to my house to kidnap me. Um, because oh he's God, yeah, that yeah. would do that. Um, he's very creepy. He's very creepy. Yeah, yeah. he he is bad Santa. But anyway, forgetting about oh. Haas, um, I wanted to quickly touch on your Vettel point before I go on to your Alonso point. Um, you you saying that Ferrari did get two podiums shouldn't be something that they should be very happy with. That should be seen as an embarrassment. I mean, Mattia Binotto should have done a much better job. Whether he's the right man for leading Ferrari in the position he is, is a different question. But that Ferrari was constantly getting knocked out in Q2. If you're Ferrari... You need to be at the top of the grid fighting with Mercedes. You should be beating Red Bull week in, week out. And that comes from someone who really likes Red Bull racing. Um, the fact that Ferrari was so shit and let the likes of Racing Point, McLaren and arguably Renault and Alpha Tauri consistently wipe the floor of them is a disgrace. Vettel was thrown under the bus. You could see that they... Well, of course, we can all see they have the future of Charles Leclerc because Charles Leclerc is amazing. But Vettel was completely thrown under the bus last year. And I think um, I think he'll do well at Aston Martin, as you will hear in my opinions. Um, but I don't I think he'll be much closer than what people think, like what you said on Alonso. Um, again, it's a weird one. Why has he come back like we all saw what happened back in 2018 when when he was at McLaren. And we all saw his attitude that he had when the team were doing shit. And look, in all fairness, Renault slash Alpine, Alpine have really turned it around, especially in the last couple of months. Like, I don't like them at all. I Mainly because seeing Danny Ricciardo go from one of the best drivers in the grid to be ruined for, for, to be plagued by constant engine troubles was heartbreaking for me. Um, but they really have turned it around in the last um, last couple of weeks of the season to get better podiums. But I just don't understand why you get, get Alonso back because he's just going to rule everything on that team. When you've got someone like Granu Zhou racing in F2, who is brilliant, then... Why are you bringing back someone who's old and ancient back to the sport? Um, I'm going to let James speak now, see what he thinks about mm. that. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. I think with Fernando, obviously, he's a brilliant driver and won world championships. But I also think the whole legacy of what seems to be bringing back all the drivers or keeping all the drivers is a bit unfair on the guys in F2 who have worked so hard to get to where they are. As you said, like Guan Yu Zhou, who's obviously a very incredibly talented driver, but has missed out on a seat because they've brought back an aging Alonso. 
I also think the same with Alfa Romeo and Callum Hylott's missed out on a seat because of an aging Kimi, aging Kimi Raikkonen has stayed in his seat. And realistically, does he need to be there anymore? Not really. I think that if they want to keep the whole youth system prominent in Formula 2 to come into Formula 1, I feel like there's got to be change with certain not bringing back the older drivers or keeping older drivers on for X amount of time. And I also think that about Sebastian, which we'll get on later. But yeah, I think bringing back Alonso was a mistake. And I think bringing in someone like Joe would have been a much more sensible and better option for the future for Renault or Alpine. Uh, do you have your three points as well, James? Do you want to head into those? Uh, yeah, I mean, one of, it leads on to one of my points with Seb was I, one of them, I think, Aston Martin and Seb will underperform for what the standards have been set for them. Another one is Lando and Danny Rick will be, and it's quite unpopular to say, but might be a bit of a disappointing partnership in terms of uh, like off the grid more than on the grid, as far as everyone expects them to be this funny couple, like couple of people who are going to be great and make everyone laugh. I think it might let us down in a sense like that. And I also think if the Red Bull second car is up to the standard, Sergio Perez will beat Valtteri Bottas in the Drivers' Championship this year. So I just want to know if your guys' thoughts on that. I mean, um, I agree. Sorry, do you want? To, um, I mean, Checo is hands down my favourite driver on the grid. Um, being part part Hispanic, he represents um, Central and South America, and he's doing it with pride. The fact that he there was even a smither of doubt that he wouldn't have a seat this year was disgusting. We've seen over the last nearly 10 years how well Sergio Perez is. You take away that one season at McLaren where he got given a shit car. Um, he's consistently outperformed for Sauber and Force India and then Racing Point. And he thoroughly deserved his win. Um if that Red Bull is as good as we're hoping to be, then he's going to do superbly. I even think he's going to get a couple wins this year. Do you want to lead on to into your three points, Connor? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so my three points are, I think um, Nicholas Latifi will be getting points this year in that Williams. Um, as a as a race as a driver, he's done really well in the youth um, areas, and I think his 2020 season was a bit unlucky given the circumstances that he was put in. Um, my second point is I think Antonio Giovinazzi is going to double the amount of points that he got over the last two seasons. Um, again, a lot of speculation on his future, whether he's the right man for Alfa Romeo Salba, but I genuinely see some talent in there. I think he's going to do really well. And my third point, which kind of contradicts points that have already been made, I really do think that Aston Martin are going to get a couple of wins this year. Um, I think Lance is, he's really proved his talent. Um, he's shown what he can do behind the wheel. Uh, we've all seen times where he has driven a superb race at, but then fucked it with some tiny mistakes. You look at Monza, you look at um, Turkey, you look at um, you look at Imola as no, not Imola. It was Mugello where he crashed. Was it Imola? 
no, it was Mugello, yeah. You look at Mugello as another example, like where he's done really well, but fallen at the last hurdle. But I think he's going to break his duck this year. Seb Vettel is a phenomenal driver. That is, you should end it on that. He he got given a shit car over the last two years and was properly mistreated by Ferrari, who clearly wanted to focus on Charles Leclerc and throw Vettel in the bin. Um, and I think if that Alpha, no, not Alpha, if that Aston Martin is as good as the Racing Point was last year, and they have someone like Vettel to help Lance improve his game, then they're going to get a win this year, whether it's a shock win or whether it's a win through normal matches. I genuinely do think that um, Aston Martin will do really well this year. Good, good points there. Um, I, I've written down, um, I think Alpha Tori are going to beat Alpine this year. I just don't think that Fernando and Esteban... Um, Dynamic, if you like, will be able to match just just even the levels Gasly has set. I think Gasly has set the bar so high. I think the Alphatori team is going to beat Alpine this year, and then I think Esteban might move on. Um, obviously Fernando, I think will need to spot us this year as well. Um, in my second point, I've got um, Max Verstappen will finish second this year. That's not massively controversial. I also put the words by far. I don't think last is going to be close from this year, as long as Max Verstappen doesn't face too many crashes or engine problems. Like he got he got very badly messed over by that last year. But I think if he does it this year, he will finish second by far. And my third and final point, which I'd like Daniel to reply to this one because he's obviously a massive Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton fan. I think we will know Lewis Hamilton and Toto Wolf's future um before Abu Dhabi. Whether that's him staying another year or whether that's him and that's his retirement, I think we will know that before Abu Dhabi at the end of this year. What do you think about that? I, um, just very, really, just very really quickly before I answer Sam's point, I just think, Connor, just very really quickly to you, with with Seb, okay, it's not. He got sixteen points, okay. I know Ferrari was shit. I know they were shit, but just to put in perspective, Gasly got more points in a worse car. Alpha are always seventh. Let's be real, they're never top six or they're seventh. He beat that. Okay, that's just my argument. I do think Vettel will recover a little bit, but he's not a world he's not world class no more. Come on. But um just very quickly, this. Um, Connor. Um so Gasly got more points. It kinda helps that he got a race win. Like, I'm not gonna shit on Gasly at all. I think he's a phenomenal driver, but people are really doubting Vettel's talent we're forgetting that he won four in a row like I know it's eclipsed now that Hamilton's won 70 billion in a row or however much it feels like that he's won but Seb is a quality driver even in the years where the Ferrari was shit he dragged it to second and dragged it to fighting to beat Ferrari Ferrari obviously didn't give a shit about Vettel last year you could see it you could see it when they at the start of the season when they said we don't want Vettel. We want um, we want to change up. Vettel will not be signing a new contract. We get Carlos Sainz. You see how much they don't care about Vettel. He had a shit car last year, and I, it's not fair on him. I I agree, but this myth that Ferrari have never been near the top. 2017, 2018, they had the best car on the grid. Okay, that that's that's true. Hamilton, look, Hamilton in 2018. I know. No one likes to hear this again. The guy, the guy since 
um, was it Austria 2018, did not retire or did not finish off the podium for the rest of the season. That, as much as you hate it, is elite. That's what it took to beat to beat the Ferraris. Bottas is shit, okay? Let's just get that straight, just very quickly to Seb. Bottas is not what... He's not going to challenge Hamilton. I think this myth that he could is, is, is crap. Do I think he's a good second driver? Yeah. Do I think he'll be at Mercedes next year? Do you know what? If 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 Renault stick with their lineup, I think Ocon will go in 2023. I think Bottas... Here's the thing with Bottas, and I say this to a lot of people, and I've heard from their fans a lot. Oh, he's up against Lewis. What what do you expect? So I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on that. And basically saying, you know what? Cool. Let's let's believe the fans, okay? Let's give them Russell. As much as Russell's good, he ain't Hamilton. What do you think would yeah. happen? And I throw that back to that. I throw that back to Oh, hang on. And um, so I think... Yeah, yeah. I pretty much agree with everything you said, really. I think... We all know my thoughts on Valtteri Bottas. Um, I don't think he's he's there. Um, I think Mercedes are a much weaker team with him driving than if they brought in. You know, we all we all saw the Sakia Grand Prix. We all know what happened with George Russell. He would have beaten Valtteri Bottas after driving that car for three days. He would have beaten him. He would have beaten a guy who had driven that car for four years. Um, I I think that George Russell is. Clear about that, and if I was head of Mercedes, I would have put um, George Russell into that team this year. To be honest, but it's not happening. They've given Valtteri another chance, another contract. Um, all all I can hope is that George gets that seat next year. But James, what do you think? Um, I think about what Daniel said about Bottas, saying he's. I think it's unfair to say Bottas is a shit driver. I don't think he is. I really think he is a talented driver, and he's shown it. He gets. Third in the champ. I know it's a very good car. Don't get me wrong, but you still need talent to drive a car like that. And he's obviously got it. Granted, he's nowhere near Hamilton's level. We know that. But Bottas is a very good second driver. And obviously, I do believe Russell is the better driver. I think the reason why they will not put George in the car, I think George Russell will not race for Mercedes while Lewis Hamilton is a Mercedes driver because they don't a Rosberg and a Hamilton situation again where someone could actually challenge Lewis for a championship. And I think that's why they won't put George in the car until Lewis retires or leaves the team. Just quickly to James, just before um, Seb Seb speaks again. I never called what a shit. It's just what what his expectations are from from us. He he is, he's underperforming. I don't mean shit. I mean, like, I did say he was a good second driver. And with what you just said there, bang on. And I don't think it's because he can challenge Lewis. It's because... This myth that Lewis is... Look, I know Lewis has always been in the top team, but he's good. He's backing it up. Imagine Russell goes in there and gets smacked by Lewis. His career... Not career's over, but he'll lose confidence. He won't have... He won't... Look, what I'm scared is Hamilton will destroy him and his career's gone. It'll be in the gutter. I'd rather have Russell save his career. Going up against Hamilton is like going up against pretty much, you know, um, Messi, Ronaldo. It, It really is. I I don't really don't see Lewis wiping the floor with Russell at all. I think George has shown he can be on Lewis's pace in that Mercedes car. He had that sort of pace in Bahrain. Granted, obviously, he didn't get the quality pace. He nearly got pole. But that was his first experience in the car in the whole time. And he lost up to Bartos, but was it less than a tenth in qualifying? And I'm saying, uh, yeah. I think 
George would take the fight to Lewis. And I don't, I think that Mercedes don't want someone to potentially take it off Lewis. I think they want him to stay as the winning or the championship all the time. And that's also, I, I think Rosberg was taken out the seat as well. I agree. To, to Seb, I, to, to, to everybody, by the way, this is just my point. I just want to quickly get this point of view to me. This is just me speaking if I was boss. Would, would, if, 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 I, if, if you said, yo, Ross was going to come in, he's replacing Lewis. If I was Boas, I'm not going to exactly be nervous. I'd be like, go on, come on. I'd welcome it. Because I think, I don't think Boas is a better driver than Russell. But I think Boas will gain so much confidence. Because this guy's come from Williams. And, you know, let's be real. He hasn't really scored points in a Williams. Well, would Boas really be like, oh, I might lose it. Oh, this is so sad. I think you'll welcome it. I think when Russell was announced, Boas must have been happy. If you, I would like to get this point across to everybody. Do you think Boas cares if Russell came and would honestly be nervous about him? I, I just I think that's his personality though with Bottas. I think even with Lewis, I don't think he cares. I think he's just you know, you see after him to race and he always says to to all my haters, fuck you and all that stuff. I think he's just the kind of guy who just gets on with his business, doesn't really focus on anyone around him. And um I think he just gets his gets his driving really. But I've got a question to all four of you just before we wrap up our predictions, we kind of move on to the last point of the podcast. Um while I'm on the subject of Bottas. Do we think Bottas is a bad driver or do we think Lewis Hamilton is extremely good or a, is it a copper answer or is it a mix of both? What do you guys think? I'll go to like Connor first. Um, with Bottas, it's a weird one because, I mean, he has won race, he's won races. He's driven well for Mercedes, but he's consistently underperformed. I think he's a decent driver. He's not the right driver for Mercedes, though. I mean, no, actually, thinking about it, he is the right driver for Mercedes because if he doesn't perform, Hamilton will get wins and Hamilton will... Hamilton, on his own, could probably single-handedly win the constructors for Mercedes. They don't really need a second driver. Um, I think the slack that Bottom gets is amplified considering he's driving in the second seat for the best team in F1 and he's considered, because of that position, the second best driver in F1. Um, I wouldn't say he's the worst. I think he'd do brilliantly for a midfield team like um, like someone like Alpine, Aston Martin. I think he'd do brilliantly on one of those teams. Um, I just think Mercedes was the wrong move for him, but it's like in football, if Barcelona come offering, you're not exactly going to say no, aren't you? Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, go ahead, James. I think, as you said, if it, is it Lewis really good or Bottas? Is, but I think it's Lewis is so good, it makes Bottas look bad when he really isn't that bad of a driver at all. And to say, I think he's the perfect driver for Mercedes because... He gets the constructors' points they need to consistently win the constructors' championship. He's not always winning races, but he's always in the top three if he finishes the race. And that's all you need, really, from a second driver is just get the points enough to beat Red Bull or beat Ferrari or whoever's challenged in that season. He's always been there just popping up with the enough points he needs. And, you know, he does win races as well. I think he is a good driver. I just think Lewis is that much better it makes him look worse than he actually is. 
I pretty much agree what James said. I definitely think it's because of the oh, massive overall quality of Hamilton. It just it makes Bottas look much worse than he is. Whilst of course he has he could have done better. Yeah, obviously, I'm not denying that, but he has he's done a solid job for them when you look at it overall. He's won races. Obviously, he's not winning consistently, but he's always in in the top four. He's always getting the points to get them um, above the other teams. Um, that's pretty much what Mercedes want him to do. Um, go on, Daniel. Um, yeah, just very quickly, I, I fully agree with James, and I think it is literally just Hamilton makes Bottas look bad, and that's just the fact of the matter. I think James hit it on the on hit the nail on the head, absolutely, and that's all I can really echo. I think I think anyone that goes up against look, the only driver that can compete with Lewis right now is Verstappen. Let's be real, Hamilton and Verstappen are in a different tier to the rest of the grid, so I think. You know, I just think, are people thinking to, are people being unreal with Bottas or like unrealistic with Bottas? Yes, because I think he was brought in to get second in the championship, third. They win the constructors, we move. You know what I mean? Bottas was never going to challenge Hamilton and he never will. And I think he is a good midfield driver. That's what Seb was saying or Connor was saying. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good place to leave that conversation. Um, just the final part I want to make, the final point I want to make, so before the end of the podcast, um, I just want to touch briefly on the drivers' market. So we have um, four drivers who have either who've moved teams this season, and another four who have joined from either F two or returned. Um, so the the first, the most obvious point that you we want to make about the drivers' market is the shock news that we got in December of Sergio Perez will be replacing Alex Albon. Um, I want to just get the ball rolling on this. I I think it's a very unpopular opinion, according to a lot of Formula One fans at the moment. But I am a hundred percent for Sergio Perez taking that seat, and I know we're all massive Sergio Perez fans in in this chat. But um, Sergio Perez outscored Alex Albon by twenty points last season, despite being in a a worse car, b um, retiring a couple of times and see missing two races through COVID-19. I think that's a ridiculous stat. If you can, the, the racing point last year was nowhere near the Red Bull. Alex Albon, to only get two podiums in that car like last year, is absolutely criminal. Um, I'm not sure who has any thoughts on that, but I, I think it's completely the right idea for Red Bull to drop Alex there um, for, for Checo. But we'll go to Connor. I mean, as this... As our group chat's resident Sergio Perez doppelganger, um, I am incredibly excited to see Checo in a top team and not in the same raid that he was in 2013 when he joined the shit show that was McLaren. Um, Sergio definitely deserves a seat. I think he is probably top 10, arguably top, arguably top five drivers in the world right now. He has spent the last nine to ten years driving an F1, consistently getting podiums for the likes of Sauber and Force India. That should be illegal. And they're not even in races where the circumstances were like in Monza where Gasly got that iconic win. He just got podiums. Like, he capitalised and made brilliant overtakes on drivers and finished in great positions. He is a superb driver. He brings a shit ton of money to any team that he goes to 
And as much as a lot of people love Alexander Albon, um, it was the right move at the end of the day. He doesn't. He wasn't performing. He got one podium for Red Bull. That's not good enough, man. And in Alex's defence, the move to Red Bull was too early. He should have had so much more time at AlphaTauri to get his to get his feet into F1. But the but if you're a rookie and you get moved into the main seat in half a season into your rookie season, then it's going to be hard and expectations are way too high for him. Um, I think Alex will be back in some form of F1 racing in 22, especially if they bring in more teams. Um, I know this year he's going to be the reserve driver for um, Aston Martin, which, no, not Aston Martin, sorry, Red Bull, which shows that they still have belief with him, which is really promising. But um, no, I'm really, I'm genuinely ecstatic to see Checo um, being that Red Bull seat. I think he will do really well. I think he's, I think he's going to get like two or three wins at least this year um, because he's a quality driver and it's just exciting to see what he can do at a big team. Yeah, go ahead, James. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it was quite clearly the better decision to bring in Checo for 21 instead of Albon. I think, I can agree with the fact he was promoted prematurely, but I also believe that he didn't really do anything more special than what Pierre did in his stint at Red Bull. And I, but I just think Red Bull have some... I don't know what it is against Pierre, because I uh, Pierre is, in my opinion, quite clearly the better driver than Alex Albon. And I think it's probably shown he's the better driver. And Alex is severely underperformed in that Red Bull. I don't think anyone can really deny that. You know, only one podium in what was the second best car on the grid that year. So realistically, there's four slots. You should be, you know, getting that third one more than once in a whole season. I just think with Alex, I just don't think it was the right time to go to Red Bull. I think he needed more development, AlphaTauri, as Connor said, and then make the move at some point. Because I think they've learned from that decision also. Because I remember Helmut Marko saying he would have promoted... Yuki Tsunoda straight to Red Bull for this season but I think they kind of learned from the Alban situation not to do it so prematurely and give Tsunoda time to develop AlphaTauri so that's what I think about that Yeah it was two podiums just to clear that up I believe you got one in Bahrain and one at Mugello um, Dan do you have any thoughts on that before we move on? I just I'm just echoing what Connor and um, James really said. I think, is it harsh that Albans out of F1? He, technically, he should be demoted, not kicked out of F1. I want Sonoda in the sport, though. So it's one of those, you know, double negative things. I know Albin fans, there was actually um, somebody, you know, I'm not going to mention the girl's name, you know, who really likes Albin. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, we won't go into her, but I just think I think he should have been demoted. I do see if they if it was Gasly Albin in um in AlphaTauri, I'd understand. But I know he had to go. That makes sense. And I think will he be on the grid for F one in twenty twenty two? If there's more teams, yes. If there's not, no. Yeah, um Um so obviously there's still 
for four drivers, like I said, who I removed seats, and then another four who have either come from F2 or reappeared. Um, Josh, who are you most excited for this year to see in their new team's colours? Well, I think Sonoda has a has got is in for a big year at Alcatel. I'm, I'm excited to see how he performs with Gasly as well. I think, like I mentioned earlier, I think they're both going to get on, along really well. Along, in addition, I'm the new team. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of. I like. I've always been a fan of Alonso. I want to see how he does that uh, at Alpine. It's an interesting move though, because I can't. I, I don't. I'm not sure how well he'll perform. It's, it, like it was mentioned earlier as well. It was a bit of an odd decision for him to come back, but I really do do hope he does well because I'm a fan of him. So, Sonoda, in short, Sonoda and Alonso are the two that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah. Um. What about you, James? Who are the new drivers? Um. Are you most excited to see this season? Um. I think the main one for me is definitely Sonoda. I watched probably the most F2 I've watched in my life last season. And just to see how talented Sonoda actually is, is quite incredible. He is a very, very talented driver. And I think if he can get up to speed in Formula 1 quickly, he could genuinely be up there for, you know, very, very good points this season and could push off Atari to the next level for them as terms of getting top six in the Constructors' Championship. Uh, I also... I, Alonso for me is kind of not really what I'm excited for I feel like there's younger drivers to be had in F1 who have kind of been unfortunate to miss out because of him coming back but yeah, for me it's definitely Yuki that's exciting me the most to see this season Well, um, has anyone got any other points to make? I'm proper excited for uh, Mick Schumacher I mean Obviously, being the champion for F2 last year says a lot. Um, he had a weak start, I think I recall to remember. And then, like, from mid-August onwards, he just tore it up. Um, I think he'll really do bits in that house. Like, if there's anyone who'll do things in that house, it'll be him. I don't think, um, like we've touched on many times on this pod, um, I don't think Hass will do well this year. Um but I think Mick will eat, will get a couple of points finishes, um, get a couple of good races and really show off his talents. It, of course, it does help when you're the son of Michael Schumacher, who, dare I say, is the true GOAT, but everyone has opinions. Yeah, um, so I think that's a very good place to wrap it up there, lads. Um, very successful first show. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, the app for all of them is the Multi 21 Pod. Um, big thank you to Josh, Daniel, Connor, and James for joining me today. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>